welcome to the Marvelous Post Blip Podcast, a podcast on all things Marvel on the Fangirl Zone. I'm Steve. I'm Mischievous Dave. And I'm Sean Fangirl S. And today we're talking about episode three of season one of Hawkeye entitled Echoes. All right, let's get into initial reactions, Sean. I liked it. I liked it more now that I found out, which obviously we're going to get into that, the young version that we see in the flashback of Echo is actually the older version's cousin. And I'm like, nice. oh, so great casting. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I found that out over the weekend, and I was like, oh, or not the weekend, just because that was just a couple days, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like forever ago. I thought that was really great. And just overall, I thought it was interesting the way that they're actually using ASL and like putting more of it into it. And I'm interested to see how this develops because like I said before, like the original storyline was Hawkeye couldn't hear like originally, originally. And so this is interesting and I like the way it's going. I'm still feeling like Kate needs to get put in time out, <laughs> but I'm sure it'll get there. I'm sure. Well, I, can go, I can go into my uh, closing Only line right one. now. <laughs> well, I enjoyed it too. It was a great fight sequences. I like that one part where Kate goes around the pole on the floor and then <laughs> a curly Q link move and then spins around and trips up the guy. The yeah. Fight scenes were great and uh, the car chasing was great. I love the ending song to it so much that I'm giving I know we're not rating, but if we were, I'd get a four out of the four out of five fresh out of the can sweet gingerbread man. <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed it too. It was nice to finally get a little more action than what we'd had in the previous two episodes in this one, at least. And it was nice to see how Echo came about. So, and I still think we've got a mysterious stranger that we got to deal with here. And I'm thinking he's a really big guy. Yeah. A big yeah. gingerbread man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's kind of been hinted at. Really pointed to. <laughs> yeah. More than hinted, yeah, I, I totally agree. Yeah, the hints are getting heavy. Yeah. Uh, I see what you did there. <laughs> Not like the hints from Winter Soldier, huh? Captain America and Winter Soldier? No. <laughs> Falcon like, and the Winter Soldier. Oh, I was going to say, not like, oh my gosh, WandaVision, wherever you want to Yeah. It's Mephisto. <laughs> no. Maybe that's who it is. Maybe and you're all wrong. <laughs> that joke still exists. Yes. <laughs> Here's a brief episode recap for y'all. After escaping a new threat, Clint and Kate join forces against an expanding criminal conspiracy. Like an expanding waistline? <laughs> I'm starting to think somebody's very large bald head might pop up. I mean, who yeah, knows? Leave the card out of this. <laughs> <laughs> During our opening flashback, we get to see a young Echo who is struggling to keep up with the teacher who is not using ASL to communicate. However, Echo is supremely intelligent and completes her schoolwork regardless of the issue, even when the teacher was asking if she needed an interpreter, which I thought was interesting because, honestly, that doesn't normally happen in schools. Right. But Maya gets... Extra marks for including Marvel Easter eggs, which I love how these pop up everywhere. As she writes, this year, I want to learn how to play. I have no idea what this is. Cappuccino. 
Cappuccino. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I probably would have said. It was like capoeira. That's not it. We were kidding. Capoeira. Yeah. It's Brazilian. Capoeira. What was that? Cap- capoeira. That, that probably sounds right. It's okay. Brazilian fighting dance hybrid, kind of like Tekken style. So if you remember way back when those of us who played Tekken played it, it was a distinctive fighting style of Eddie Gordo. Which I never played him. I always played the girls. But during Echo's battle with Clint Barton in the present day, she's visibly throwing, I'm going to keep saying it wrong, Capero kick, proving her classroom goal was wholeheartedly achieved. I still love that we have that, that we're like, is it? Isn't it? Who could this be? Which we'll get there, of course. But er, the Easter eggs are heavily informed by Echo's comic book counterpart, who is both an elite martial artist and a skilled dancer, which I don't know if we're going to come across this, but I noticed that she had a prosthetic leg. Was Does anybody mm. know, is that how it was in the comics as well? You know, I didn't think so. Yeah, I don't think so either. We'll it have to learn wrong. it somehow, though. Obviously a dragon bit it off, but we'll, <laughs> we'll have to get there. Echo obviously has been inspired by dragons, especially as a child, when her and her father were speaking of, well, kind of, like, her whole life, and using the mythical creatures as an allegory for her deafness, which I thought was really sweet, and I loved that everybody on set had pretty much learned some sign language so they can communicate with the actress. Now, the younger one did not actually need ASL because she's hearing, but she learned it so she, for this part specifically. Right. Wow. So again, I was like, that is so awesome because ASL, like learning any other language, is not that easy. There's dialects too, and it gets really confusing sometimes. I know because my aunt is deaf, and the best I can do is finger spell and say a couple words. But now I know dragon. So yeah. <laughs> next time I see my aunt and I say something random. She's going to be like, why are you asking me about <laughs> You want to go see Imagine Dragons? Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's, she'll probably think, she's like, okay, she's weird. I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> but let's go back to the show. Just as dragons exist in both its own world and the outside world, Maya must balance her soundless environment with a society that, well, let's be honest, never stops talking. Oh my gosh, that is so very true. I'm just... Mm. So true. I've been in so many meetings today, and it's like, oh, this could have just been an email. But <laughs> when Echo, young Echo, innocently asks if dragons are real, her dad says dragons live in a different world. Funny enough, well, they do live here if you watch a certain movie, which happened at some point in the MCU, which we won't talk about right now. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, wow. You guys seen Shang Chi? I did. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Is it good? Good. Anywho, a member we of the tracksuit captain suit. back. <laughs> yeah, just watch it. You'll love it. Okay. A member of the tracksuit mafia probably isn't versed in the ancient lore of Talo, but Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings prove dragons, like the Great Protector, do indeed dwell inside alternate planes of reality that may or may not cross over. Just throwing that out there. That's it, Steve. We just figured out what's happening in. Uh... Discovery, there's a dragon trying to get between universes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's the anomaly. Hey, Stop you know the show. What? I put nothing nothing past any show writer anymore. It's yeah. just no. going to be a giant mashup no. of insanity everywhere. 
that's not a moon, it's a ship. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> On Discovery. Wow. How original. <laughs> While father and daughter discuss dragons, a toy owl is prominently placed in Echo's bedroom. Hmm. It may not be a coincidence that the owl is a Marvel comic book villain who, like Echo, has ties to, hmm, Kingpin? What? Where would Kingpin have come into anything? Hmm. Basically, I feel like it's going to be a Mephisto thing. I'm saying this now. (laughs) Right, yeah. (laughs) They're going to give you these clues, and it's going to be like Loki or something random. Yeah. No, it's uh, (laughs) Dr. Midnight from Stargirl is going to walk in. (laughs) It's going to really mess everybody up, but I love that they're doing this. Because, hey, misdirection. Sometimes it's the best thing. Predominantly an enemy of Daredevil, the Owl shared something of a rivalry with Wilson Fisk and would have a natural entry point into the MCU via Hawkeye. Oh, you see the whole bird thing happening? But during Echo's flashback of karate class, we see her carefully watching a really obnoxious kid and his takedown before perfectly countering the technique minutes later. I thought it was interesting because she's watching for the little things that you do when you're going yes. to telegraph your move. Yep. Would I be able to do it? No, I still probably couldn't take a <laughs> 10-year-old yeah. down, but still, it's interesting. Though Hawkeye understates her ability, Echo in the comic books is able to copy movements precisely after only a single glimpse, which reminds me very much of what happened in Black Widow. If you haven't watched that one, I will not go further into explanation there. Right. Echo's father. A, I'm sorry, but we're going to get a Black Widow character in this series somewhere along the line, right? I would think so, only because they did reference that, and it's been kind of said the person will be on here. Yes. Right. <laughs> right that person. <laughs> Although I, at this point, I'm starting to feel like that person won't be on until like, the final episode. And right. That's going to be mad again. Yep. I don't think we'll see her until the last episode. The last scene of the last episode? Yes. (laughs) Echo's father tells her that Uncle will be waiting after karate class. Then mysteriously, we see a giant hand playfully pinching Maya's cheek and laughing. Deep chuckle, huh? Hawkeye episode three goes on to make repeated references towards this particular character who Clinton Barton reveals is the true mastermind behind the tracksuit mafia. Now, Clinton didn't outright say the name. No, he did not say the name. <laughs> That's why I'm like, I swear, or we're going to get It's Agatha all along. It's going to be. Yeah. <laughs> no, Mephisto. <laughs> Agatha's getting her own series. There we go. Yeah. That This is what it is. She started here and slid to WandaVision, then she's going to be in her own series. I'm calling it. I'm calling it now. <laughs> <laughs> The man in question, in case you were not sure, is the MCU's kingpin, Wilson Fisk. In the comic books, Echo's biological father died on Kingpin's order, but Fisk adopted the orphan as his own, raising her as an elite combatant. This is why so many people, if you've been online, which isn't is really hard to avoid, I'll tell you this, yeah. said it was Kingpin's daughter. And I couldn't remember Kingpin having a daughter in the, the show. Right. But things have changed a lot. And this also can be pulling another thread because something very similar has evidently taken place in the live action world of the MCU. Though Hawkeye never shows the uncle's face, his laugh is very reminiscent of 
Vincent D'Onofrio's portrayal of Kingpin, a Netflix Daredevil series. And I don't know if we've kind of plugged this in. The director, wait, was it Feige? Yeah, it was Kevin Feige actually came out and said that he will be back. He said, if there is a Daredevil, he will (laughs) be played only by Charlie Cox. So... When they say that, come on. Come so the, on. the true leader of all this is the fandom, then. We we want something, <laughs> it's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I have been dying for them to pull the Defenders in somehow anyway, especially Daredevil, Jessica Jones. I want them both in. There. Actually, I want Mike Coulter in. Like, I love him, but that's a whole different thing, so sorry. Yeah, he's busy being a priest now, anyway. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Creepy shows. Anyway, we have it that D'Onofrio and Charlie Cox have been rumored to make a Hawkeye appearance, and Echo all but confirms D'Onofrio's return. We'll see how that plays out. But immediately after establishing Kingpin as the more than likely tracksuit mafia leader, Hawkeye Episode 3 fires off another Fisk-themed Easter egg. The hell you say? When an older blip-era Echo pulls up at her father's headquarters, the tracksuit are working out of a mechanic shop. The garage in question is conspicuously labeled as Fat Man Auto Repair. Kingpin obviously isn't known for his slender frame, and, well, Fat Man has been used as another nickname for Fisk in the comic book. Oh my gosh. I'm telling you, it's Agatha. MCU has Wilson Fisk, but truly has him commanding the tracksuit mafia. It makes sense that he'd be the one that's the legitimate front, having Fat Man as the name. I'm not sure. I'm I don't sure. think he'd come up with that. No, Let's I name think it after called Fat Man. Yeah. I think somebody would be really ticked off. But he's probably not doing the the business fronts anyway. He doesn't know where anything is. Where is it? Oh, it's at your auto repair, sir. Oh, okay. <laughs> not gonna tell him. It's anyway, as Echo's father lay dying from Ronan's blade, he bids farewell to his child and gently touches her face with what else? A bloody hand, leaving this crimson print upon her cheek. That was sad. Yeah. And it, you know, it kind of changes everything with how you looked at Ronan. Like you knew what he was doing. If it was Ronan, it's like damn. Yeah. What was that? If it was Ronan. Oh, you think that wasn't Ronan? Because that was during No, the if it flip. follows the comic books, it was one of his henchmen, Fisk's yeah. henchmen that killed her father. Dressed and, up. Yeah. Oh. With all this stuff showing up on the black market, it wouldn't surprise me if Fisk is the one that's leaking it out. He got it first. Oh, my god! So, yeah, he could have given I one of his flunkies this was the during costume. The blip when Ronan went, like, over the top. He's done something like that before, too. Had somebody, oh, oh, no, I was thinking bullseye. I, I can't put my finger on it now, but he's he's used someone else's disguise or whatever to set up a crime that the original person wasn't guilty of at all. Yeah. Hmm. Now my head will be like spinning and I'll be going down rabbit holes. <laughs> this brutal image derives directly from Echo's comic book backstory where a much younger Maya was also left stained by her dying father's touch. Again, very sad. As an adult vigilante, Echo paints a white hand on her face as a reminder of the fateful day. 
Really? A white hand of sorrow? <laughs> Across some fandoms there. Hawkeye for Well, they ran out of red paint. <laughs> Hawkeye foreshadows this moment in its aforementioned dragon scene where a blue hand painting can be spied in young Echo's bedroom wall, which I did not catch. I'm glad you guys caught that. Growing up, it gives her the training and strength that she needs to step into her father's shoes, which I don't know if that's so great since he's been working for a not-so-up-and-up area. But after William is killed by the possible Ronin, Mm -hmm. Maya rises in the ranks of the tracksuit mafia. Wow. Gotta Go breathe to... for a second after all that. Yes. <laughs> Back There's to the lots present. of chew on it. We've got three episodes left for them to right. figure it out. Back to the present day, Clint, Kate find themselves in a tricky situation. Yes, yeah, they've now been <laughs> Yeah, they've now been officially captured by the tracksuit mafia with little chance of escaping unscathed. Though Kate tries to befriend some of the track suits she quickly silenced by the arrival of Maya and Kazi. Translating for Kazi explains that Maya wants answers about Ronan. All the track suits have seen is that someone is back in the suit. Because Echo is desperate for vengeance, the track suit mafia want to know Ronan's real identity and current whereabouts. Despite his secrecy putting Kate Bishop in imminent danger, Hawkeye still doesn't admit he was actually the mysterious Ronin. Instead, Martin claims Black Widow killed the ninja and that he was there when it happened. Yeah, I mean, how is he going to admit that? It, oh, it's me. Right. You know, yeah, you can't do that. <laughs> yeah, he's walking a mighty thin line there. Although I thought it was interesting that he says Black Widow killed Ronin. Right. And from a certain point of view, Clint isn't lying. That's true. Yeah. After losing his family to Thanos' snap, Clint Barton adopted the Rona persona, but Black Widow's noble sacrifice on Vormir made him retire that mantle and return to being everyone's favorite family-friendly archer. Gonna make me cry so, again. Yeah, so technically speaking, Black Widow did kill Ronan, and Hawkeye was present at the time. That is true. <laughs> Wow. I mean, would that fly in a court of law, though? Yes. (laughs) Yeah, comic book law, it would. Yes. Echoes quickly at Kate's throat, looking for answers, and frustrated when she doesn't get anything concrete. Noticing Clint's hearing aid, Maya suggests he relies too heavily on technology to get around day to day. Oh, really now? (laughs) So also in the comics, Echo becomes Ronin. Right. I was just thinking... Who's got the suit now? Yeah. <laughs> it's in a locker. Clint put it's it in a locker. locker. Right. So how does she get... Do you think she's going to be wearing it or get it out of the locker before the end of the series? Or, or would they even bother? I mean, that's a lot of history to cover. But they're just setting up Young Avengers. I don't know. Maybe they have to res- Maybe they have to rescue her and Ronan has to die again so she can be a Young Avenger. Too much? Okay, too much. <laughs> Anything wow. could happen. Seriously. Wow, history repeats what? itself. Anyway, everyone's had their chance to read a bit now, and that's my section. And my section's called Trick Arrows. How come I got the Trick Arrow part? (laughs) (laughs) Tricky. Tricky. Sorry. Do I obsess over swords and arrows and darts and things like that? Yes. What? 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 (laughs) News to me. (laughs) Clint manages to free his restraints and starts a mad chase throughout the abandoned toy store, taking out the tracksuit mafia one by one. I like Kate. Kate's like, how'd you do that? What do you mean? Yeah. (laughs) 
Don't you watch TV, kid? Maya's a little bit harder to defeat as Clintley learns how powerful she is with her prosthetic legs. She breaks a hockey stick in half eventually. Clint manages to buy himself enough time to help free Kate, too, and soon the two of them are hot-wiring a getaway car outside. Yeah, pick the old car. Yeah, she wanted that supercharger so bad. That was a that nice was car. Sweet. I have to say, I, I love Clint going, I'm not going to smash that window. Yeah, really? Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Clint. Thank you. Jeremy Renner's 50 years old this year. Do you suppose he has him around the same age in the in the series, too? Makes sense, right? Oh, absolutely. Don't, so. Don't damage that car. Racing through the streets of New York City, Clint and Kate have the tracksuits hotter than their tail when Clint pulls out what Kate has been begging for this whole time. Trick arrows! First two episodes of Disney Plus's Hawkeye series drew heavily from Matt Fraction's 2012 comic run an appearance of the red 1970s Dodge Challenger in episode 3 provides yet another link. I know, right down to the uh, to one of the uh, frames in the comic is the same as, as what yes. we saw, same perspective. <laughs> Pretty amazing. In Fraction's story, Hawkeye buys a Challenger but later destroys it during a chase with the tracksuit mafia. Echo's muscle car and Hawkeye's near identicals to Clint's and his refusal to jack such a beautiful vehicle pays homage to the taste of automobiles from the source material. Yes. Just like Fraction's story, the live-action Dodge Challenger gets beaten up anyway. <laughs> oh. Can't win. That hurt. Yeah, and it's not just Hawkeye's Dodge Challenger that hails from the 2012 comic series. The entire chase adapts a classic scene from Matt Fraction and Dave Aja. In the comics, Kate Bishop is driving the Challenger while Clint fires arrows at the tracksuit mafia and and the roles are reversed in the MCU. The setup is otherwise identical to the printed form. They always do that, though. Something's just a little different. Yeah. But close enough to the same. Both versions of the chase sequence also feature generous amounts of trick arrows and culminate with a pileup on a bridge. Firing one first-ever exploding arrow is a rite of passage for any archer, and Kate Bishop is suitably thrilled when one of her projectiles detonates a tracksuit mafia the hand upon impact, uttering, Holy sh! Should I say it? <laughs> Before the camera cuts away. Unfortunately for Kate, she's just the latest in a long line of MCU characters who still haven't finished swearing. <laughs> I know. Did Captain America ever swear? I don't think so. So, <clears throat> past victims include Aunt May's What the Fuck and Spider-Man Homecoming <laughs> upon learning her nephew is a secret Spider-Man and Nick Fury's Motherfuck when she gets dusted in Avengers Affinity War. I think we all figured out what he was saying. <laughs> Christmas really has come early for fans of Trick Arrows as Hawkeye Episode 3's car chase sequence is loaded with fun and mostly lethal treats for Clint's quiver. Five of these arrows are inspired directly by the comic car chase mentioned previously, the, the putty, cable, smoke, and suction, and acid varieties. So cool. The MCO's cable arrow is a little more sophisticated, firing out multiple ropes and lashing onto every Christmas tree within a five-meter radius. Well, the acid arrow does exactly as advertised in both mediums. Acid arrow. Yeah. Who would think that getting stopped by Christmas trees coming at you from all directions? <laughs> I, I saw somebody online who said it reminded him of uh, the Tommy McGuire Spider-Man when he was trying to stop the train. He had all the webs stretched right. out amongst yeah. all the That was a pretty good catch. <laughs> the comic book Putty Arrow leaves one poor tracksuit, Dracula, covered in goop, but just like the smoke bomb isn't quite purple as Jeremy Renner's version. Finally, the suction cup arrow that Kate deems useless before it saves her life is also part of Hawkeye's Fractions-era arsenal. Hawkeye reveals Clint Barton now wields arrows loaded with pin particles courtesy of Ant-Man. Just like his fellow Avengers, this means Hawkeye can grow and presumably shrink objects by shooting them, in this case, one of his regular arrows shot by Kate. You thought 
uh, Hawkeye was done with trick arrows. In the final floors, Clint pulls two more cards of, out of his quiver, both of which was made past MCU appearances in 2012's Adventures. The USB arrow, Kate, threatens the tracksuit mafia was fired by a possessed Hawkeye to hack into S.H.I.E.L.D.'s helicarrier system used by the animated archer to carry an Ultron killing virus in What If and held Clint's tax records in the comic books. <laughs> <laughs> Good the place to hide your tax records. Yeah, really. Uh, oh, this is a good idea. The grappling arrow Kate and Clint escape with is whipped out during the Battle of New York after Hawkeye leaps from the roof of a building. Black Widow has her trademark superhero landing, but Clint Barton beats his bestie for originality with a patent and pose of his own. I know. I've worked on that so many times, jumping out the bed, it never works. <laughs> <laughs> jumping from height and, and shooting an arrow on a, on a turn is a trick Hawkeye is used in Marvel's comic books, The Avengers, and What If. But this time he takes Kate Bishop along for the ride. Expect Bishop and Yelena Kaboa to come to blows over which their mentors has the best signature move. Yeah, I can't wait. Can't wait. Yeah, I can't wait to see that <laughs> argument. Oh, sorry. I'm like, it might have I unmuted so I couldn't like talk to you guys. Dreaming back, about it? Oh. Back at Moira Brandon's apartment, Clint and Kate are there and they're a little banged up, but they're managing. Previously, Kate Bishop hit the bullseye by pointing out Branding is Hawkeye's biggest problem. Is it? Bullseye? Did you say bullseye? Oh, <laughs> Are we going to see bullseye? That's the next question. Hmm. <laughs> I think I mentioned in the last episode that in the comics right now, they, they've cloned bullseyes. There's bullseyes running around everywhere. Oh, so geez. obnoxious. And they're just as crazy as the original. Yeah. But Kate tries to remedy that in this episode, drawing a really bad version of a potential <laughs> new costume on a diner napkin which clint barton immediately shoots down for looking ridiculous what's that on his head oh those are <laughs> those are wings and there's a giant h and it's funny because as soon as that came up i'm watching with my husband and he's like is that like the comic book one i'm like yeah that's the comic <laughs> book and he's like oh god i'm glad they didn't do, do that <laughs> oh uh somebody else noted on it on the internet that bandage on Clint's forehead does form an H. He's got the scar with the two bandages, and it looks like an H. Oh, I didn't catch that. That's awesome. Uh, Jeremy Renner has never worn that traditional costume in the MCU, and this scene suggests that he probably never will, seeing as he said his wife would leave him if he ever yes. wore something like that. <laughs> Clint is still without his hearing aid right now, since, you know, Echo decided to stomp on it. But he sees his phone ring, and he thinks it's his wife, Laura, and starts talking to his wife. But thankfully, Kate had walked in and lets him know that it's actually a little boy. And Clint realizes that it's Nathaniel. So, relaying the message to Clint via notepad, Kate explains that Nathaniel woke up early, he's bored, and he wonders when his dad will be home. That was kind of sad for me. Oh, it was. Yeah, it was. Especially when you can kind of hear his voice, but you hear it's like, really muffled because he can't hear can't hear anything it's like right. oh my gosh this is gonna make me cry but he asks if dad will be home in time for a christmas movie night and clint does his best to hide his disappointment at hearing this and tries to promise his youngest son that he'll be home as soon as possible well at least hopefully knowing that their secret hideout is secret no more the tracksuit mafia packs up their operations and heads to a new place before they vacate, Kazi asks to have a conversation with Maya about Clint and Kate, and Kazi begs her to give up on her quest for Ronan. Hmm, that makes... <laughs> Until she becomes one. 
Yes. <laughs> I will stop at nothing to find him, even if it means compromising her crew. She wants more information on Clint Barton. Yeah, this really sounds like a kingpin setup. More and more. Yeah. Do you suppose they took that ball crawl with them? Oh, I yeah. can see I can see those idiots <laughs> fooling around in that stupid thing. Oh yeah. Anyway, feeling invigorated following this car chase, Kate starts explaining to Clint that she feels like she's been waiting uh, her whole life for this. This is what she's been training for, and she knows it. Completely wearing her hot under sleeve, Kate is dismayed to discovers Clint's actual turn his hearing aid off <laughs> and hasn't heard a word she said the whole time. That was kind of funny, too. <laughs> no matter, as it's time to focus on branding issues again, what if Clint wore a brand new suit and it was purple and had little wings on it? Clint's not buying it, so say it suggests an all-black suit with a hooded mask, sort of like a Roland wears. Oh, that was so wise. That was so wise. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in the comics, she might have got slapped. Yeah. After spending the last few days with Clint, Kate realizes he knows who Ronan is and was close to them. Clint tries to shrug it off. I know how to keep a straight face for that. Right. But he does it. He uh, does explain Ronan's relationship with the tracksuits. Uh, it's getting close. Somebody's going to put it together. Right. Where I he almost mentions Kingpin's name, but doesn't. <laughs> you know what? It's going to end up being Charlie Cox walking through going, he's Ronan, and then walks back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can't see. You can't hear. Yeah, there we go. What Bye. if it was Cassie that played the fake Ronan and killed Yes, that's what I, that's oh, exactly is it? what I was thinking when uh -huh. he was talking to Maya and telling her, just drop it. I let it go before you gotta you let it go. Yeah. Yeah, because he's afraid she's going to find out it was actually him. Yeah. You think he's that good? Because I was thinking it was the soon-to-be stepdad of Kate. Uh, swordsman? Yeah, thank you. I couldn't think of his Yeah, Jack. The Swordsman ever work with Wilson Fisk? He was a bad guy, but he was tied to Hawkeye early. Nothing like this at all. Yeah, I don't think so, but... I don't know. Yeah, don't know. We don't know. They could go <laughs> a whole lot of different ways with this. Yeah. Still, they got a lot of moving to do if they're going to resolve it in three episodes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, I don't think anything's going to be resolved. No. Well, bias is season two. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, at least we get something. You guys but, want me to watch it early and spoil it for you on Messenger? No. <laughs> David wanting, got wanting more information, that's Dave. Okay, so that perfectly <laughs> plays into where we're going. So, wanting more information on Kazi and the tracksuits, Clint and Kate head to the Bishop penthouse in hopes of getting into Bishop's security system from there. This is why I'm thinking that Jack is something major. Yeah. Hacking her mother's security company, Kate Bishop discovers Kazi is registered as an employee of Sloan Limited, and Hawkeye makes a point of mentioning how this name sounds familiar to Clint. Any of you heard of what that is? Like, because it's not catching anything with me. Uh, no. Yeah, it was one of uh, Kingpin's henchmen. Oh, yeah. They're all part of the... Well, everybody seems to be a henchman of yes. Kingpin at yeah. some point. Yeah, yeah. But Half the cops in New York City. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we're crossing over with Blade then, how everybody's connected right. to, like, vampires. <laughs> but assuming Kingpin is the head of the tracksuit mafia in the MCU, this makes sense that this person, Sloan, who could be Willie Sloan, like you said, one of Kingpin's henchmen, that he might have multiple shell companies registered in their name. Because maybe that makes sense, and maybe that's why it was called Fat Man, because... <laughs> Yeah. Kingpin would not be cool with that. 
But while Kate is successful at pulling up some of Kazi's file, she's quickly locked out of the system. Hmm, why is that? Is her mom going to show up? That's what I'm starting to wonder. Snooping around uh, the rest she of the better. apartment. <laughs> yeah. Snooping around the rest of the apartment, Clit ends up coming face to face with an old friend, the Ronin Sword. Well, face to throat? Yeah, um, face to blade. Unfortunately for him, Jack's on the other side of it. I am not digging that, and that's why I'm like, mm, who are you? What are you doing? I don't like you. Right. I, I, I would rather see Kazi as the uh, killer of uh, all those guys in, in Fat Man's and their fathers, but it, you know, it could be, could be sure. Jack. You know, it uh, could be Jack too. Yeah. Well, we'd love to hear your thoughts on each and every episode this season. Our deadline for feedback is 6 p.m. Eastern every Friday during the season. You can send us your feedback via email or audio to contact us at fangirlzone.com. Sorry, I'm just giggling to myself. I just I just read my closing line, and it, I kill me. <laughs> I kill me. Please re- review and rate us on iTunes and any other platform you use for your podcast with good ratings and reviews. It helps other fans of the show find us. There are plenty of other Marvel podcasts out there. Tell your friends, and I hope you're enjoying our podcast. And don't forget to check out the other great Fangirl Zone podcasts. There are so many. Different shows like Mudhorn Clan Cast, for example. You might enjoy the hosts. You never know. <laughs> but you can check us out at www.fangirlzone.com. Go to our contacts page. There's all the different ways to find us. And for this episode of the Marvelous Post Blip Podcast, I'm Steve. She's not Ronan. Look at her. She's nine and full <laughs> rotten. <laughs> I'm Sean Fangirl S. And um, maybe. We check out the house before we go on our computer to hack something. This is Mischievous Dave, and I want to show Kate what a plunger arrow is really for. (laughs) (laughs) There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your setting. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the fangirl zone.